Welcome to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. All right, welcome to the Parkview Training Podcast. This is Thomas Oak, one of your pastors here at Parkview, and I'm here for our first Meet the Staff episode of this podcast. And we thought for our inaugural Meet the Staff episode, it would be nice to talk with our newest addition, and that is Pastor Mark Palmer. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Pastor Mark. Glad to be here. Yes. Glad to be here. Glad to be met. Yes, it's glad, it's good to have you. And that that knocks off our first question, which is, what is your name? All right. We've got, <laughs> we're cruising now. We're I mean, we're almost done. No, not really. Um, so... Pastor Mark, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and your family, uh, where you live, and what do you do? Sure. I'm currently living in Solon. I live don't, not in Solon proper. I live really closer to Shueyville off of uh, exit 10 there on 318, so um, a little bit further west than most people from Solon, mm-hmm. which means that we go through gravel roads every time we get to Solon, okay. so we have dirty cars all the time. But anyway, uh-huh. that's beside the point. But uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife Charmaine and I, we've been married um, for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not because I don't know the exact number. I just don't want to reveal it. Okay. But anyway. Um, <laughs> it's going to come out. Yeah. And we have um, eight children. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, our oldest lives in Freeport, Illinois, where we mm-hmm. came from. And uh, then we have our next oldest. Our oldest is, is Jake in Freeport. And then we have our son, Zane who's a, actually a biological son. Our, our, our son, Jake, is adopted. And then our mm-hmm. biological son, Zane, is married to his wife, Mackenzie. They live in Eustis, Florida. He's a youth pastor there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she works with Apex Ministries with the Evangelical Free Church. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool ministry there. And then our daughter, Mallory, is at Liberty University studying to be a worship major. Mm. She's also a biological child. And we adopted two kids from Ghana, Africa. Mm-hmm. That's Peter, who is um, in his early 20s. He's 20, and mm-hmm. uh, he's working at McGrath Toyota here at Iowa City. Mm-hmm. And then we have a 15-year-old daughter, Akor, and she is at Solon High School mm-hmm. playing basketball there. Loves it and a part of the youth ministry here. Then we adopted three kids from the foster system. Mm-hmm. And that is Vanica, and she's in fifth grade right now, and Taya in fourth grade, and JJ in third grade. They're a lot of fun. They keep our house quite active. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, on that sort of more personal note, tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and all that. Yeah, I'm... I haven't been back in Iowa in a long time here, but Mm -hmm. I actually started in Iowa. I was born in... Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. and I grew up there uh, for the first 10 years of my life or so. Mm-hmm. My family then lived in the Minneapolis area mm-hmm. for a few years, and then in the northern Illinois area. I went to school in British Columbia at Trinity Western there, and then did more schooling with a Moody in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, served in a city called Twain Hart, California. Mm. Name that after Mark Twain and Bret Hart. Apparently a place they like to hang out. Okay. It was in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Beautiful, beautiful area. Served there for a couple of years. And then that was after I got married. We uh, got married in my junior year mm. of college. And then uh, 
after Twain Heart, Florida, we went to or Twain Heart, California, went to Sarasota, Florida. Mm-hmm. I served there for three and a half years. Uh, neat uh, ministry there. Very fruitful and tough time of ministry. Mm-hmm. During that time, my father died of cancer. Wow. And uh, that really led us to want to get back to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So um, a church had been pursuing us um, uh, in, from Freeport, Illinois. They were pursuing us prior to my father's death. Mm-hmm. I, I declined that. And then they pursued me again after his death. With my mother living in Des Moines, it seemed like a good idea to move mm-hmm. back to the Midwest area. So I was there for nearly 25 years before coming here. All right. Great. And you mentioned, you know, your father was a pastor, right? Yep. Out in Western Iowa. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Well, he was in Des Moines. In Des Moines. And okay. He served in Minneapolis. He served in Northern Illinois. Then he was a district superintendent for um, Central District in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, prior to me, he was in Bay City, uh, Michigan, and East Chain, Minnesota as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Well, on a future podcast, in some way, I want to hear more about sort of his influence on your ministry and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we can do that. Definitely. Okay. We'll try to limit ourselves for now. Um, so we'd love to hear just sort of how you became a Christian. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, I'm, growing up in our in our home, we obviously were always taught about Christ, and I, I could argue that I grew up Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's obviously can't be your parents' faith. But I, I accepted Christ very young mm-hmm. and uh, really never resisted that much, or much of it at all, at least until I got into my uh, middle school and high school years. I started to kind of question that a little bit, mm-hmm. sort of asking the question, if I had not grown up in the home I grew up in, would I believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wrestled through that uh, season of just kind of um, – some doubts, some pursuit, some wrestling that through. And mm-hmm. really, I would say uh, my sophomore year of high school is a point where I just came to a, the conclusion, yes, I believe what I've been raised to believe mm-hmm. and really have never looked back. Mm. That's great. So that was, that's always a formative thing, kind of the period at which you came to Christ. And, you know, I think of myself, I think of college ministry. I, you know, I probably came to Christ as a youngster, but really grew enormously in college ministry. I think you, similar sort of circumstance with youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, your sort of long uh, time serving in different youth ministry capacities before you yeah. uh, took a senior pastor role. Um, that's always a special thing. Yeah, that's uh, why I'm passionate about youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I do volunteer in our own youth ministry uh-huh. here yeah. because I know that it can be such a formative time mm-hmm. for young people. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, now I have one, this is a, maybe seems a bit generic, but maybe it's still helpful is what do you do here at Parkview? Tell All us right. what's your job? Uh, <laughs> you know, the title is, uh, lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And to me, that really just means kind of just making sure the church is moving in, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so giving general oversight to the ministries that are going on, mm-hmm. uh, leading the various leaders of de- departments and ministries, um, Obviously, that involves uh, preaching uh, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, and by that, I don't mean every Sunday. That's not a vision of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that can be dangerous is that churches can too often be built around one single personality, mm-hmm. and uh, I really, really resist that wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. and I believe that almost every preacher kind of preaches in a certain way mm-hmm. and with a certain emphasis, and sometimes um, that can make a church be built a little bit crooked. Mm. Um, 
And I think getting different voices in the pulpit is important. Mm -hmm. And creating a culture that says it doesn't matter who's teaching us as long as the word is being taught Mm. and the gospel is being shared. So that's really a passion of mine. So that's one of the main things I do, obviously. Uh, But shepherding our leaders, Mm -hmm. um, giving oversight to the various areas of ministry, being a vision caster and someone who pulls people together, unites them toward a purpose. Mm -hmm. That's great. As you were saying, you know, we don't want to be built around one personality. I thought, there's only one personality we should build around. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Is, uh, that's Jesus, for right. anyone wondering. Um, great. Good, good clarification. Yeah, yeah, sure. I just don't want anyone to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> um, I don't like this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. So, what's your favorite part of being the lead pastor or being a lead pastor? Uh, I do love preaching. Mm. Um I have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> prepping mm. a sermon in that um, I heard it once referred to as the wrestle with the 600-pound gorilla that you do every week, mm-hmm. and and I, th- I know you know what that's mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. and it, yet that's a beautiful time, but it's a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person who likes to get things done, get them done in advance. I like to check boxes, mm-hmm. and there's a certain process of prepping a, a message that just forces you to slow down, forces you to wait on the Lord mm-hmm. and depend on him. So I love doing that. I love caring for people. Um, mm. It's real hard when you don't know names and stuff. So I try to learn names as good as I can. Mm-hmm. I don't have the world's best memory, uh, but I really love to communicate that I love and care for people. And mm. uh, primarily, honestly, that's my staff. I want my staff to feel loved and cared for, feel, mm-hmm. feel protected and, um, Maybe people don't always know it, but sometimes people in church aren't nice. Hmm. And I like, to, I like to be that. <laughs> I like to be that defense, um, that line of defense that protects and, and shepherds the staff in that way. I also really uh, like to lead in a catalytic style in that I want to catalyze leadership. I don't want to be the leader per se or be the hmm. obvious leader. I want to raise up leaders. Hmm. And to me, that's coming alongside of people uh, really pushing people to the forefront who have skills and abilities and gifts that God's given them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get great joy out of that, um, seeing people light up because they're doing ministries that align with their passions and their gifts that are given from God. And that that just gives me great joy. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Um, Mark, what's something that you wish everyone knew about your ministry? Uh, you know, there's that old joke about, you know, pastors only work one day a week, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I think that, I think most people don't know that you are never not a pastor. Mm. Um, you're on the clock all the time. And and by that, I mean that your phone may ring at any moment, mm-hmm. or even just when you're out in the community, um you have to be the same person you are on Sundays. Um, and I think a day off means different things to different people in different lines of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are many people who cannot leave their work at work mm-hmm. because they own the company or because they're strategic or because they care about it so much. And and ministry is very much like that mm-hmm. in, in that a day off might mean that you're working around the house or it might mean you're going somewhere with the kids. But most pastors really have a hard time ever shutting off ministry. Mm. And so um, it, 
in that respect, you're always on the clock mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. Um, that's part of it. And, mm-hmm. and part of the reason you do that is because you're passionate about it. You mm-hmm. want the gospel to go forth. Mm-hmm. You want to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess uh, I sense that many people underestimate just how difficult it is mm-hmm. and how much it's not just your effort. It's not just your time. It's your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And the nature of working with people means that there will be highs and lows mm. and some of the lows of watching someone you've invested in so much or cared for so much, just go off the rails spiritually. Mm. It's just taxing. Mm. There's nothing quite like it. So I think that, uh, in many cases, people have no idea how much pain is involved in pastoring. Mm. Um, and, and things where church members become very nitpicky or church members become very critical. Mm. Um, some of that's normal. We all have different opinions. Mm. But some of those criticisms, you know, pastors will just take on the chin and smile, but I don't think they realize just how much pain they leave behind. Mm. And uh, so in the nature of ministry, I will go to my grave with many scars. Mm. Um, but those are... I hope to say that those are scars that are um, taken in the name of Christ and for him. Mm -hmm. And scripture speaks highly of that, right? Mm -hmm. Suffering in his name. And I'm not sitting here saying as a pastor, I suffer all the time, but certainly there are times Mm. of suffering just on the nature of what ministry involves Mm -hmm. and some of the discouragements and hardships that come with it. But at the same time, it's a pleasure. And the very nature of ministry means you... Ministering with people means there's a lot of unknown dynamics, but also tremendous joys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there are sacrifices in being in ministry, but there are also great benefits that you wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. Yeah, as you were saying that, I was, you know, I think it's been my experience and just in the last few years in particular with kind of where we've been as a church and that a, a chapter like Second Corinthians 4 has become vital and dear and uh, you know especially the phrase you know so death is at work in us but life in you mm-hmm. and that's kind of pastor paul you know pastor the apostle right. paul right. <laughs> his you know understanding of ministry is that it will require dying dying is an intrinsic yeah. feature of and that's it's not necessarily unique to pastors but it's definitely a everyday reality you get you reminded know. of it yeah. that's right that, uh, yeah, that dying is part of living. And unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, you know, how else will life come? And that seed is us, <laughs> you know, in ministry. And, yeah. and there's something beautiful about that too, but it's also painful. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now, are you ready for the surprise question? Oh, well, based <laughs> on the nature of the word surprise, I would say, no, I'm not. Okay. Are you ready for the pre-planned pro- pop quiz? <laughs> Unannounced <laughs> pop quiz. Oh, we know that. Oh, planned on your, on your part, <laughs> but not mine, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you mentioned it before. I would love to hear just more about your hobbies. What do you like to do with your spare time? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, prior to moving here, uh, one of the things I like to do with the day off was just care for the property that I had. Mm-hmm. I had about 10 acres, and most of that was, uh, a lot of that was lawn. I mm-hmm. just enjoyed that, mm-hmm. mowing and and caring for things like that. I do enjoy physical projects. And so to, that might mean 
working on something that's made of wood or something like that, making like mm-hmm. the desk I have in my office mm-hmm. or, um, I've gotten into rebuilding wrecked cars, so mm. crash cars, crash motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think what it came down to, and I don't really know where it came from other than, oh, and initially came from just struggling with the pastor's income and trying to have a vehicle. Mm-hmm. I got told at one point when I became a leader, uh, lead pastor that uh, my vehicle was shabby and I should get something nicer. I had no <laughs> budget for it. So <laughs> I bought something from a salvage yard and fixed it. And, mm-hmm. and um I think what it is with me, though, is um, I think I'm wired in such a way that I need to be able to say something is done. Mm. And ministry is never done. That's right. Yeah. Every day when I leave, it is a decision to say, I've done enough for today. Mm. There's, it's never that, there's never, never a situation mm-hmm. where you can say, I'm completely done. Mm-hmm. So for me, fixing up a vehicle is, is kind of therapeutic. It's, you can see the process, you can see the progress, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, you license the vehicle, you drive it, and there's that great sense of, I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, which ironically makes me just kind of detach from the vehicle and want to get rid of it because <laughs> it's done. But uh-huh. um, so I enjoy that. I've done that with cars and motorcycles. I think over the last 12 years or so, I think I, my son counted up, I think we've done like 40 vehicles. Wow. <laughs> I haven't done many lately. Just the nature of life's been mm-hmm. busy. Love time spending time with my family as well, and, and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. So it's just um, racquetball and pickleball been a part of my life for a while. Had some cool. knee, knee troubles, so I haven't done that in a while, mm-hmm. but I miss it. And uh, it's good, good times. Yes, that's great. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the never done part yeah. of ministry. You know, and it can be fun to have something that's a little different. From that's right. From that's there. right. There's a nice thing about a lawn is that it's almost like you're you're making a graph of how done it is as you do it. I know, and then you can there, look at it's it. like a progress bar right am, behind you. I'm mostly done. Yeah, I'm getting I have much more to do. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, um, to wrap things up, we'd love to know what's one way that Parkview we can pray for you and uh, your family for your ministry right now. I think the nature of ministry um, requires that. Prayer for protection from the enemy, protection mm-hmm. from temptation from, from myself, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and also that uh, I would have wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, ministry requires wisdom. I mean, life requires wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but ministry, especially in, you know, Parkview's at a, a season right now, they're just a lot of wisdom is needed. Mm-hmm. And I have found myself driving home from here at times going, oh, Lord, I just don't have the wisdom for this. Mm-hmm. So I need it. And, and he's faithful to provide that. Scripture tells us that. Mm-hmm. So just trusting in that and, and um, not leaning on my own understanding, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the key ways. But then just a- uh, asking the Lord to bring a new life and revitalization to the ministry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, a, what a joy it would be to see what the new things that, that um, are in store for Parkview. And I believe we will see great days ahead. Parkview mm-hmm. has got a wonderful legacy of ministry and uh it's so cool to hear that um some of those we've kind of had to realize that maybe was a season that's gone by mm-hmm. and so now it's saying okay lord what will the new season be and i believe that with our faithfulness trusting him and uh, asking him to lead and being obedient we will see it mm-hmm. we will see different seasons and see good days ahead so mm-hmm. uh, join us in praying for that 
also, I think just on a personal note, praying for our family, for our kids, raising mm-hmm. kids is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a scary world in which we raise them. So, mm-hmm. and it's, it can be hard to be a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. Well, thanks so much for being our first guinea pig here, meet the staff sort of episode. And uh, love you, Pastor Mark. We're so glad you're here. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.